98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo, the 4 o'clock reset. Brought to you by Collins Comfort, AC and Plumbing. Proud home services partner of the Arizona Cardinals. 4 o'clock reset. A few tweaks to the 4 o'clock reset here on this Monday. Don't worry, it's still the one place you go 4 o'clock every day to get caught up on everything going on in sports. We've expanded the coverage. We've expanded the coverage yeah, a baby. little bit. So you will see. Here comes the 4 o'clock reset. We start with the Arizona Cardinals. We'll get to the game in a moment, but there were a couple of roster moves today. The team re-signed Max Williams to the practice squad, which is something that Steve Kime hinted with us on Friday would happen. Here's Cliff Kingsbury. Do we want Max to be here? We love what he's about. He's one of the real leaders in the locker room, and we just want him to continue to work and feel more and more confident in that leg, and that was the biggest thing. Let's let's get you back, continue to build confidence on that, and at some point, I'm sure we'll, we'll have him active again and rocking with us. Yeah, no doubt. When we had Steve Kime on the show on Friday, he made it known that, you know, we love Max Williams, and uh, we just need him to get healthy before he can help us. So this was not ex- unexpected. Speaking of healthy, we had a feeling it would be a bad mm-hmm. bit of news for the Cardinals, and it is. Wide receiver Antoine Wesley is done for the year. Antoine will be out, so he'll be placed on IR. His injury last week, unfortunately, was season-ending. So, you know, I told you last week the vibe that I was getting from my conversations with people that it wasn't good and that he was going to miss some time. He's out for the year. We'll see if the Cardinals have to go out and trade for a, or, or sign a wide receiver now. And, of course, on this big red Monday. Snap. Ball down. The kick is up, and it's no good. He missed it. Wide to the right. It remains 20-17 to 17 Philadelphia. That never had a chance for Mamondola. Eagles are going to win. Cards now 2-3 and three on the season after losing to Philly yesterday. Yeah, tough way to lose a game. I mean, you bring a kicker in, you sign him. It's a it's a kick that you're supposed to make. About 80% of the kickers make that 43-yard field goal. He missed it. Looking ahead to next weekend, according to reports out of Seattle, there's a chance Seahawks-Cardinals could move to a different start time on Sunday. The Mariners. Because it might be going head-to-head against the Mariners' playoff game. More on that in a moment. In Suns news today, Sham Sharania mentioned a new team may be entering the fray for Jake Crowder, and that would be the Atlanta Hawks reportedly showing some interest. You did the Gambo thing. What did you find out about uh, this? This, this? You're not going to be able to get Bogdanovich. You're not going to be able to get Hunter. I mean, I think the best you could hope for in a trade is Justin Holiday, 6'6", 33-year-old guard. At, I, I don't think you're going to find a trade that makes you better right now because, again, I, I don't. I wouldn't expect Hunter or Bogdanovich to be part of a deal for Jake Crowder. Sun's taking on the Nuggets tonight at 6 o'clock. By the way, DeAndre Eaton in a one-on-one with Dwayne Rankin of Asia. Central. Aiden said everything is back to normal when it comes to Monty Williams. Quote, yeah, most deaf. I mean, we talk, man. At the end of the day, it's like we're trying to contribute to a win. Everything is back to normal. Nothing has changed. Close quote. Like, uh, listen, it's time to get past this. It's time for DeAndre and Monty and everybody else that covers the team to just get past this. We may revisit it at some point during the season if things go south, but as of right now, it's you, you got to just get by and let those guys let DeAndre go out and play. The divisional rounds of the Major League Baseball playoffs we are go. set. They will start tomorrow. Over the weekend, the Padres eliminated the Mets. That happened last night with Buck Showalter <laughs> demanding an ear investigation of Joe Musgrove. That was awkward there for everybody involved. There so many things going on. I mean, you heard Red Hot that he maybe has Red Hot on his ear to help him concentrate. And somebody you can see actually wiped his ear right before they came out. Showalter basically said, look, I'm charged with doing what's best for the Mets. If it makes me look however it makes me look or whatever, 
I'm going to do it every time and live with the consequences. So here you get the Padres. They beat the Mets. Musgrove was unbelievable. Seven innings, one hit, no run, just one walk, five strikeouts. He was great. He's coming up off of a signing a five-year, $100 million contract. And now they get to take on the Dodgers. Yes. Meanwhile, the Phillies move on to play the Atlanta Braves. They upset the Cardinals, beat them in two games, wow. and beat them over the weekend 2 nothing. That was uh, I, that was a surprise to me. I didn't expect that to happen. Bryce Harper homered on the first pitch that he saw. The Phillies are going to take on the Braves, who they're very familiar with. Paul Goldschmidt, here's a note here. Paul Goldschmidt for the Cardinals in this series. 0 for 7 with four strikeouts. Yep. In the two games, Goldie went 0 for 7 with four punch outs. In the American League, the Guardians swept the Rays and the Mariners took care of business against the Blue Jays coming back from 10-1 wow. down to let, win that game. Let me start with the Guardian game. That was a phenomenal game. I was watching that marathon. Oscar Gonzalez in the 15th inning. We were watching that Saturday. Oscar Gonzalez in the 15th inning. He hits the home run. one nothing. What a great game that was. They're going to take on the Yankees. That starts tomorrow in New York. Um, David Peralta, former Diamondback, he did get a pinch hit appearance for the Rays. He struck out in his only at bat of the series. He got one at bat. He was as a pinch hitter. He struck out. The Guardians sweep the Rays. So now let's go to the other one. The Mariners. What an incredible game that was. Robbie Ray started for Seattle, the former D-back. He went three innings, gave up six hits, four runs, um, and and it looked like the Blue Jays were in complete control. The Mariners. Mariners are down eight to one, and there was just that crazy play that kind of changed everything with that ball that was hit in the air, and he had the, the collision uh, by the two players, and it dropped in there, and uh, they end up tying the game right there. And then Adam Frazier, it's a tie-breaking RBI double in the ninth, and the Mariners win the series. Around the NFL from yesterday and Week Five, sticking with the division, the Seahawks. They're next up for the Cardinals. They lost to the New Orleans Saints yesterday. Taysom Hill. Have yourself a day. He accounted for four total yeah, touchdowns. Anybody in have that him game. on their fantasy team? I did not have him. I heard on only my... like three percent of all the teams that have him <laughs> actually played him. Rams offense looks absolutely broken, but the Cowboys look like they could use Dak Prescott back in a bad kind of way. Cowboys beat the Rams. But Cooper but that, Rush keeps winning. I know he keeps winning, but he's kind of stalling out a little bit offensively. Uh-huh. But the Rams right now look busted offensively, and then they the, are they right? They look broken. Sean McVay said, you know, Matthew Stafford needs. Help! He's really struggling this year. He's McVay just says, "Look, I mean, it's it's not all on him." And they they they've got to find some help for him. And then the 49ers beat the Panthers yesterday, as expected. Baker Mayfield's going to be out with a high ankle sprain. The big news out of this one this morning: Matt Rule got fired as the head coach of the Carolina Panthers, an 11 and 27 record. He still owed about 40 million dollars from that organization. Is he on a plane to Tempe to take the ASU? Show? Listen, that's you know, we're going around the office. A lot of people say, and man, if the ASU had a chance to hire Matt Rule, you know, would you hire him? You've got to consider him. He was a great college coach at Temple and Baylor. And, you know, he's got fired. He had a record of 11 and 27. He was one and four this year. Their problem was he just had no quarterbacks. I mean, he just got never, never had what, Cam Newton, Baker Mayfield, the guy, guy didn't have a chance with no quarterback in Carolina. 
Meanwhile, on Monday Night Football tonight, got the Chiefs taking on the Raiders. And oh, by the way, one other note from the NFL, Josh Rosen released by the Cleveland Browns oh, today. Oh, say it ain't so. Just, yeah. just say it ain't so. Josh Rosen released by the Browns. We'll see if he know. We always say this every time he gets released, somebody, is that it? He's like, is that it? Is he done? Is that it? Is anybody? We'll see. We'll see if somebody signs him. But, he's uh, had nine lives so far. I would imagine he's got another one in there somewhere. so? And congratulations to ASU behind backup quarterback Trenton Borgay. They beat the 21st ranked Washington Huskies. Off play action. Borgay drops back. Fires for the end zone. It's caught for a touchdown by Elijah Badger. With pressure coming from a safety blitzer, Trenton Borgay stands tall in the pocket and hit Badger as he was crossing toward the near side on the back corner of the end zone. There's a tremendous win by Arizona State. The Huskies were favored by 13 and a half points. Uh, ASU has now won eight straight home games over Washington. And we've got a quarterback controversy in Tempe. Yep, and we've got a coach Woo! who might be establishing himself as somebody who warrants some consideration for the full-time gig. We'll talk about that a little later. And next up for ASU, they've got the bye this week. They'll take on Stanford the week after this one coming up. That's a 1 o'clock kickoff. You'll be very happy uh, about em. that. I love them. As the Pac-12 announced today. And, oh, by the way, U of A got killed on Saturday night by Oregon 49 to 22 in that game. Yeah, they didn't play very well. Yeah, UCLA beat Utah. They did. That was a fun game. I watched a lot of that game on Saturday. That was a lot of fun to watch. And look out for UCLA. Southern California, UCLA and USC undefeated. Yeah, too bad they're both leaving for the Big Ten. See ya. Thanks. Boy, that sucks. That is our 4 o'clock reset. All of the top stories, everything you need to know right here on the Burns and Gambo Show. When we come back, the end of the game could have gone a lot better for the Arizona Cardinals yesterday on multiple different fronts. Where did it go wrong? We'll talk about it next. Burns and Gambo. Here we go! Quick! Big Red Monday and Burns and Gambo on Arizona Sports. Let's go! Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! Shotgun takes the snap, and it's a quarterback draw up the middle at the 30, at the 25, and Murray slides to the 24. Now you get up, get up there and spike it. 23 seconds left. Murray under center spikes it with 22 seconds left. Well done by Kyler Murray. So now you're looking at a 43-yard field goal, 22 seconds left, and they're going to bring on the kicking team right now. Well, everybody was set up, right? Clock's running, doing all that. So then if you, if you don't get it, on a run, it's too late, you know. And if you wanted to throw it, the risk reward there, who knows? You take a sack, game's over, things like that. So at that point, once we were there, we just um, clocked it. That was the end of the game, and it was debated hotly. You, me, Jay Feely, we were all texting each other at the end of the game, the three of us, about about what Kyler did or didn't do, what Cliff did or didn't do, what should or shouldn't have happened, whether ultimately the responsibility rests on the field goal kicker, Matt Amendola, for a 43-yard field goal. The way that game ended left a lot to be desired on multiple fronts because Kyler slid. He didn't dive. Cliff thought it was first down. It wasn't. 
And a very makeable kick in today's NFL. A 43-yarder was not made by a kicker yeah. making his Cardinal debut. A lot went wrong there at the end yesterday in the loss to the Eagles. You know, you sit there and you watch it, and a lot of people sitting on their couch, they watch, oh, what are you doing? How do you not know that they didn't get it and you came up short? And, you know, I'm thinking the same thing. A lot of us are. Like, how do you not know? How do you not know it's a first down? Hey, good thing it wasn't third down. They spiked it on fourth, right? Good thing they were like, hey, we got the first down and spike it. But I, I, I reached out to Kurt Warner, and I said, hey, listen, I, what do you think? And so here's, I want to I want to say this. I think it's important. Here's what Kurt said to me. He goes, man, I've been there. That stuff happens. It's easy from the couch. Oftentimes, they set the ball and the stick's late, and you don't feel you have time to wait. You think you have it, and all of a sudden, you realize you don't after the fact. So you think about that for a second. The clock's running. It's a running play. It's not an out-of-bounds play. The clock's going to keep running. You're not going to sit there and waste five, six, seven seconds. You, hey, I think we got it. Cliff's telling Kyler, spike the ball. We got it. Okay. You know, Cliff's looking at it, and he, okay, I, I think we got the first down. It was close. It was within one yard. It's a, right. so, you know, and I asked Kurt, I said, what do you think? Just tell me what you think on this play. And he said, look, you know, I've been there. And, you know, they're moving the sticks because Kyler runs and it's not like the sticks are set. Those guys got to get the sticks. They got to move them. They got to line it up. The guys got the refs got to get the ball. He's got to center the ball. Like all of that stuff has to happen. And Kyler, in the meantime, is just thinking, man, I got to get this. I got to get this ball spiked so the clock can stop. So we preserve more time. So it's I know a lot of people want to look at it and, you know, say, oh, they really, really screwed up. But it's it's kind of a it's kind of a play that's easy to screw up. Well, it's because it's it's happening. And, look, and I don't want anyone out there to get the impression for a second that we're trying to make excuses for how that game ended yesterday, right? It needed it needed to be managed better. But at the end of the day, all right, and I know this is going to come across like we're blaming Matt Amendola for what happened yesterday. And certainly he's responsible partially for what happened yesterday. But at the end of the day, what yard line did they get down to? Yesterday, 25? They got to the 25, 26-yard line 20, okay, for 23, 23-yard field goal. So you're Kyler Murray. You've got yep. no timeouts left. You've got a buck 45 left on the clock, right? You're starting from your own 25. You've got a, If I said to you at the beginning of that drive, the Cardinals are going to get to the 26-yard line. Great. They'll They're going to be in a position for a 43-yard field goal. Sign to tie me up. That's, you would have said, mission accomplished. Sign me up. You would have said, duck, done. I'm down three. I'm at my 25-yard line. I got no timeouts. Yeah, and you get me in the field. Not only do you get me in field goal range, I'm not in the 50 to 60 range. I'm in the 40 to 45 range. Yeah. Sign me up. I'll right. take it every day of the week. And you wouldn't. And what you wouldn't have said was, "Well, yeah, but a forty-three yard field goal. I don't know if my guy's going to make it. You really need to make it like a thirty-seven yard field goal. You really need to make it like a thirty-three yard field. I mean, first if of you all, can you will? If of you, if course, you can. if you can, you will. Of course, that goes without saying. But I'm glad you said it. Of course, you can if you will. But reasonable expectations from all of us who have spent a lifetime watching football. All right, is that the offense mission accomplished? They got the ball where it needed to be to give you a reasonable expectation to win that football game. That with a buck 45 and no timeouts, you went from your 25 to their 25 and gave yourself a very makeable field goal kick, and you missed it. Now, should he have dove instead of slid? If he did, maybe he gets the first down. But this was the thought that I kept having over and over again replaying that game in my mind. And I shared this with you via text, so I'll just share it with the audience now for everybody's listening. Even if you had gotten the first down, even if Kyler dives and doesn't slide, gets the first down, 
He goes up and he spikes it. Now it's second down. All right, so now you're second down and 10. You've got 22, 23 seconds left on the clock. Three plays. You can run a few plays. I don't think, and Cliff said as much after the game, that you shoot for the end zone at that point. Because if you take a sack, you're screwed. And you don't want the interception. And you don't want the interception. So you, 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 so you run you, one play, so you, you try run to get seven or eight yards plays to up. pick up a few more yards. But again, I don't. in my mind, I don't think there's that much of a difference between a 43-yard field goal and a 36-yard field goal. To me, those are both no, kicks I that need to be once, made. Once you're inside a 45-yard line, that's, what are we talking about? Yeah, that's what, that's what once I'm, you're inside once a 45, you're, I mean, you, got, you guys got to make the kick. That's the number. You got to make the kick. And so we can sit here and Monday morning quarterback the slide and the, the dive and thinking they had the first down and, oh, it all got screwed up. I'm really, honestly, kind of comforted. By Kurt Warner's words, a little bit. I'm glad you shared that because man, yeah, it's got to be it chaos down there, right? It's pure it, chaos. I mean, listen, you could sit there and say he slid early and he easily could have picked up the first down. That his feet are too happy and he he panics and everything. Listen, we've had this. We've had Kyler Murray for 51 NFL starts. He's not going to take hits by linebackers and big safeties when he doesn't have to. I, I'm going to slide now. He still thought he had the first down, but for okay. We're talking one extra yard for him to get popped. For him to get popped. He's not going to get three extra yards. He's not going to try to take those guys on and tackle them and and try to go through them. He's not running through any of those guys. There were three defenders around him. If he tries to get the extra yard, and I understand those of you that say, man, you know, at that point in the game, you got to get every yard you can. I get it. I totally get it. And most quarterbacks will. But he's not that quarterback. Okay, he's protecting himself. He's done it his whole life because he's been a small guy that doesn't weigh a whole lot. So for him, I'm going to slide to not take the pop rather than get a one or two extra yards and get my bell rung. Yeah, especially, again, when we're not talking about, I mean, this wasn't a 63-yard field goal. This wasn't a 53-yard field goal where the difference at that point is minimal. I mean, at least in my mind, it really is. It's 43 versus a 39. It's 43 versus a 36. It's it's all it's all all about the same at that point. I, I think now what the Cardinals need to do, obviously, is reassess their kicking situation because they clearly don't have the guy. You just can't have a guy that you can't trust from that distance at that point. If it comes down to another kick, you, you just can't roll. Matt. I, I appreciate Matt Amendola taking all the hard questions from the media after the game. He did. I appreciate Justin Pugh standing up for him, though it might have been a little misjudged with some of the things that were said. Um, all of that stuff. At the end of the day, he's got to go. You've got to make that kick. You've got to make the kick. That's, that's what that's and, what you were paid for. You get that, to make that kick that's right it. there. That, that, you that, that's get it. That's it. Yeah. And it's not to say the whole loss is on his fault. Because if he makes the kick and goes in overtime, they lose. They still might lose. They still might lose the game. It's not to say that they lost the game because of Matt Amendola. But in that moment, it, all the other stuff to me is a distant second. You got to make the kick. Right, because we can sit here all we want. You know, if he gets the first down, they got to run maybe two extra plays. They could get maybe they can get five yards closer, ten yards closer. Maybe they run a play and they get twelve yards, and then they take one shot at the end zone. I don't know. I mean, play it would have been dictated by whatever happened on the next play. If they ended up with a nice gain, maybe they take a shot at the end zone. If they don't, then they probably play conservative because they don't have any timeouts and they can't stop the clock and they can't afford a sack. So they might have played a conservative. They just lined it up in the middle of the field 
field and kicked a field goal. Arizona goes prime time next week as the Suns tip off the NBA season against the Mavericks. And the Arizona Cardinals take on the Saints for Thursday Night Football all in the same week. Back-to-back nights, and we're giving you the chance to experience both in person. Text the word primetime to 62620. Listen for your name starting on Monday for your chance to win two tickets to both games plus one lucky winner each day will get their choice of a Devin Booker jersey or a DeAndre Hopkins jersey. Text primetime to 62620 and get in on that. In the first half, we were screaming for this guy to be involved differently. And in the second half, it happened. Now, does it last? That's next. Burns and Gambo. Big Red Monday and Burns and Gambo on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Cardinals lose 20 to 17, fall to 2 and 3 on the season. Next up, the Seattle Seahawks in the division. It's 4.30, though, on this Monday. Let's get an update on our Twitter poll questions of the day here on the Burns and Gambo show with Mr. Ruby. Burns and Gambo need to know Twitter poll update presented by Sanderson Ford. Scott Forrest today, sir. All right, we're going to flip the order from the first time around. Started off with some ASU football. Big conversation, obviously, the quarterbacks. So the the question is simple. Who should be the starting quarterback for ASU going forward? Emory Jones or Trenton Bourget? I feel bad for Emory Jones. It does kind of feel like it's piling on at this point. It does feel bad for him. It feels like pile up. But he didn't play his way out of the spot. He got injured. He got injured. Okay, I, got, well, I, I mean, did you feel for Wally Pip when Lou Gehrig took his spot? No. Yes. <laughs> no, if Lou Gehrig's better, Lou Gehrig's better. That Listen, was in the I'm, 20s. I, I, I really don't remember. I, it was the best example out there. Did anybody feel bad for <laughs> poor Wally Pip? Still keeps he, me up at night. He now. lost not, his job. I'm I'm in his season that year, I think. I'm, I'm crying a river over it. I just feel bad for the kid because everyone's like, oh, Trent Borgay, Trent Borgay. Oh, my God, he's the best. They and just everything. beat a top 25 team in the country with him as quarterback. I'm just trying to be nice to every Jones. We had him on the show a month and a half ago. Yeah. He was a nice quit. It's quit being I'll such be, a bully over there. I'm not being a bully. I'll be a bully. I'll be nice to him, too, while he's on the bench. I, I feel a little bad for him, but I'd still start Trenton Borgay. Oh, yes, I would uh, think but about in it. the end. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't even think about right. it. You got a heart, but you've also got a brain. 76.6% of people <laughs> going with Borgay. He just, it, the performance was too good. You're right, Gambo. Good that means 23% going with Emery. All right, on to the Cardinals. We're five weeks in on the season trying to base your expectations. So, do you feel like they've overachieved, underachieved, or met the bar that you set five weeks ago? I wanted them to be three and three, so they're close to setting the bar, but I'm going to lean underachieve. I'm going underachieve too. The record wise, they're right where I thought they would be, but how they've gotten there, they've played 10 and a half quarters this year. No, um, I'm sorry, five, five games. And they've really had the lead for like a quarter and a half. That's that's not what I thought it was going to be this year. They've underachieved. 61.4% going underachieved, but many saying the same thing. They expected the record to be the same, but how they got it disappointed them. 34.1% are saying met. And those 4.5% of people who overachieved, who they who think they overachieved, are saying their expectations were so low. They're talking they wouldn't even have to win at this point. Wow. That's how you overachieve those expectations. The number 
I meant the, the Cardinals have played 20 quarters and one overtime. They've had the lead for a quarter and a half so far this season. Uh, that's not, that's not, I don't care how, what we thought their record was going to be. That's not how we thought they were going to get there at all. All right. Thank you, Eric. We appreciate that. Both of the poll questions can be found on the Burns and Gambo Twitter page. Hey, Dave Pash, tell us how you really feel. Takes the snap. Play action pass. Setting up. Firing deep middle. Caught at midfield. At the 45. At the 40 is Rondale Moore. And tackled at the 39. Hey, they threw it to Moore down the field. And it goes for 28 yards. Celebrate good times. Oh, my God. At that play. That was so that funny. That was my 28 yards. And I actually wrote in my notes. These are my notes for me. An actual pass play. Yeah. An actual pass play. An actual pass play. They Down actually the had him run the ball. Instead of like line up behind the line of scrimmage, take two steps, and then we'll throw you the ball, and then you try to get up ahead of steam and go. Now, listen, he could still be used in his screen game, but not every single play has to be something behind the line of scrimmage to Rondell Moore. This guy was an outstanding wide receiver at Purdue. You don't have to line him up in the slot. You could line him up out wide. He's a terrific wide receiver. I was happy to see them finally utilize him, I think, in the right way for the first time in a while. Yeah, I mean, look, with you, like like you said, I, I don't need this to be Rondell Moore running deep routes every single time he's out there. I, I get the screen game. I get how it's part of the game plan. But, man, you talk about being typecast, right? You talk yeah. about being put in a box and saying this is this is all you can do. This is all it feels like you're good for. And I know he hadn't played a lot of games this year because of the hamstring injury. Well, my goodness, the first half of that game, it was almost embarrassing how limited they were in what they thought Rondale Moore could do. And it was like every single time, screen, screen, screen. He's two yards behind the line of scrimmage. He's here, he's there. And and even one of those, I give credit to him. There was like a third and 17, and they ran the screenplay, and he got the first down. It's like, oh, I'm glad at least you were able to do something with yeah, it. But that was but a big play. It, we, it's like. I don't know what it is about Rondell Moore where it feels like they've got him in this little typecast box of this is what he can do and this is what he's all about. you got to expand his role. And maybe when DeAndre Hopkins comes back in a week, none of it will matter because it's going to be the Hop and Hollywood show and Rondell Moore will be lucky to get whatever targets he can get out there. Maybe that's what this is building towards. It was a game last year. He had 11 receptions. Last year, at a game, 11 targets, 11 receptions. Now, of those 11 receptions, he had a total of 51 yards receiving. How does a guy have 11 receptions for 51 yards? You know how, because everything they're throwing like was it, behind the line of scrimmage. I mean, it seems like it's almost impossible. Or at the line of scrimmage. That was a game against Seattle. He had 11 catches against Seattle, and he had 51 yards. Um, now, he did have, you know, he had, he had 114 yards receiving against Minnesota. He had the big 77-yard uh, play in that one. But it was nice to listen. He's a weapon. you got to use him the right way, and you got to be able to go down the field a little bit with some of these guys. So uh, I was happy to see them run a real, actual route and throw the ball to him because let's be honest how frustrating is it when like all of these plays are like behind the line of scrimmage and they don't go anywhere right. it's not like they're successful either right it's not like hey we're gonna line Rondell Moore up behind the line of scrimmage we're gonna throw him the ball and he's gonna go run for 15 yards every play no most of the time it's a tackle for a two-yard loss yeah Guys are jumping that route, and they're tackling him, and he's not even able to get any positive yards. Now, this is just perception. I don't know if this is a reality. And okay. I, part of me wants to go back and watch the game again just to see. It felt like the Philadelphia Eagles were running just as many screenplays as the Cardinals were, and it felt like they were having infinitely more success. Big and wide it, receivers it just who did, can block better. Yeah, I, it, because and that's part of the scheme, too. They're drawing it up where it's just... 
it's bound to have more success because he's got better guys out there blocking for him to better, open up some lanes. Bigger, wide receivers. It felt like the Eagles were doing it just as much as the Cardinals. And I, at one point, I, Vinny Morata was, was sitting next to me in the press box. And I said, is it, is it me or are they just better at it than we are? Right? Is it me or is it just, are they just more skilled at running the same offense the Cardinals want to run? Cause it felt like Jalen Hurts was wearing out the screenplay and they would pick up eight yards every time they ran it, seven yards every time they ran it. I looked at the numbers for Rondell Moore and granted this is just after two Nine. games of playing. Okay. He has touched the ball 13 times so far this season. Okay. For a total of 68 yards. Take out the 28-yard catch that I just played for you a second ago. That's 12 touches for 40 yards. Yeah, because most of them are mi- minus. That's, I, I know. Behind the line of scrimmage that's, and they're getting tackled. That's not. First series, play to pass, pass to more minus two yards. So that was the first series. Second, third series, after the interception. So first series, the first play to Rondale Moore went for negative two yards. Then you had the interception on the second. The third series... First pass to Rondell Moore, minus, uh, uh, end around to Rondell Moore, minus five yards. Sweat jumped it, minus five yards. So a lot of his plays are going for negative yards because it's just being, they're either reading it or they're jumping it. So maybe if you have him go out and you, and, and run more patterns, maybe defenses will be, you know, will start to defend him a little bit differently and some of that other stuff will open up. He's got three carries for minus 11 yards because some of those, because some of those plays just get blown up. Yeah. I, I just, I don't get it. I, I really do. There's a lot of things that I, I look, I, I'll, I'll give you football strategy there. You, you know more than I do, but that I, I watch that. I don't mean you, you, I just mean people out there who coach football. I do not understand for the life of me how they use him. And I hope that 28 yards catch opens up their minds a little bit with how they could use him. Opens up the playbook for him because he's a real oh. weapon. Now, I think, again, when D-Hop comes back, I don't know how much of it matters. Well, maybe he'll be a running back next week since they don't have any. Maybe. James Conner got hurt. Jonathan Ward Jonathan got hurt. Jonathan Ward got hurt. Um, Darrell Williams, Darryl Williams got, hurt. got hurt. You know, Benjamin was the only one they had. Thank That's goodness it. they kept five. Yeah. And Keontae Ingram was a Could healthy play, yeah. scratch yesterday. He won't be this week. I'm checking to see if he'll play this week. I would imagine he'll definitely oh, be a imagine. guy to get some time. The would. USC rookie. Yeah, I would imagine. I would imagine he would. There continues to be a lot of talk about who the next ASU head coach should be. In fact, many people think he just lost his job today in the National Football League. Is the guy they want? The guy they already have? That's next. Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo. Afternoons, 2 till 6 on the Arizona Sports App. Hey, we all know it's been a long three weeks, man. But this coach won our first dunk. Yeah. <laughs> This is, this is probably one of the, the best moments of my life just because as an educator, you hope that when you talk and you teach, that they listen. And then when you love, you hope they love you back, right? Sean Aguano, his uh, locker room speech after the win, getting the game ball from his players. They all rallied around him, beating the 21st-ranked Washington Huskies on Saturday for his first collegiate win. In fact, it should be pointed out, 
that um, Kirk Herbstreet, obviously the lead college football analyst for ESPN and, of course, Thursday Night Football on Amazon. Kirk Herbstreet on Twitter. Here are my top performing coaches from week six. Steve Sarkeesian, Texas. Chip Kelly, UCLA. Scott Satterfield, Louisville. Shane Beamer, Gamecock football. Jim Leonard, Badger football. Sean Aguano, ASU yeah. football. He's done a great job. I mean, he was put in a really difficult situation. I mean, a depleted roster, an investigation um, that's that's going to cost ASU some scholarships, probably. And 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 then you've got this gauntlet of three power teams in the conference: Utah, USC, and Washington. That you've got to play, and then to win one of those games, to win one of those games at home against Washington. Listen, he came in, he's gung-ho, he wants this job. Now, here's my feeling on this, because a lot of people are asking. Uh, The Athletic has a story up. Arizona State's win over Washington means it's time to take Sean Aguado seriously. I think that we have to wait to see how this plays out. But I, I think he should get consideration for the job. But a lot of it will depend on... How the season finishes. Can you beat UCLA? Do you beat Stanford? Do you beat Colorado? Do you beat U of A? Take the, take the season as a whole with what he's done. And at the end, judge him accordingly. You can't judge him after the one game because it's very emotional right now. Of course. Very emotional. Everybody wants to hire me. They just beat Washington. Oh my God. They finally won a big game and people are excited. There's a lot of games left to be played. Let's see how he does. But I'm going to just say this and I'll let you comment right after I get done. They gone with the old proven guy in Dennis Erickson that won a championship and that failed. Mm-hmm. They went with the young up and comer hotshot coordinator guy in Dirk Cutter and that failed. They went with the middle of the pack guy that's been around in Todd Graham and that failed. They went with the out of box let's do something crazy in Herm Edwards and that failed. The only thing they haven't done is take the local successful coach from high school in Arizona and say do it. Do it. You this guy was a legend at Chandler High with all the championships he won yeah. for the Wolves. Like that they haven't gone this route before. They haven't. And there's a reason why they haven't. Not a lot of programs do it no, like that. That's true. Not a lot of programs hire high school coaches. And to but be he's fair to Coach Aguano, coach. he's he's not it's not like they just plucked him from high school for this job. He's right. been on this he was the Herb Edwards longest tenured staff on the staff. So it's it's not like he gee, hey, they they called him a Chandler. Hey, you wanna come you got called up. You wanna come coach the big leagues? Yeah, no, he's been on the staff for the last few years. Yes. No, they've they've never done it like that. I'm I'm look, I can tell I can just tell. I can tell from your text messages on Saturday and how enthused you were about talking about this thing. I can tell you're really fired up about this ASU I thing. I can tell Hell, I am. I really want to slow down on the Iguano stuff. And, and I, I, I'm glad to hear you say that you got to let this season play out before you make any kind have of decision. To. Because what I don't want to have happen, all right, I don't want them to do what the Suns did and hire Earl Watson because they thought Earl Watson was the best they could do. I don't want them to do what USC did and hire Clay Helton because they thought Clay Helton, oh, he's great. The kids love him and everybody's fired up for him. USC wasted years of their program on a guy who never should have been the head coach of USC. Never. He never should have been. The job was too big for him. I don't know if the job's too big for Sean Aguano. I'm not going to make that determination after what's he coached? Three games? Right, yes. he's been here three, three, games. three games. I mean, I, he they did not play well against Utah. They played well for a half against USC. They beat Washington. It's it's been a start worth noting. It's trending better. They're getting better. It's trending, but but they're playing hard. But there's no 
that there's no reason to decide this right now. There's no reason there, to. And, and it shouldn't be decided upon right now. There's Agreed. no reason to let the emotion get caught up. Me, personally... The guy I'm interested in just got fired. Today. You want Matt Roll? I'm very interested. You in want him. Matt Roll? The guy I'm I'm the and if and if you got a chance to go get him, a proven college coach, given his success that he had at Temple, his success that Baylor. he had at Baylor, he's a guy I would be very very interested. in. And I don't mean that as any disrespect to Sean Aguano. It's I, it's great what he's going through right now. I just there's a reason why a lot of guys like Sean Aguano don't get coaches like or coaching jobs like this, right? It's very rare. So let's see what he does with the rest of the season. I'm sure Matt Rule is going to kick back. He's got $40 million of salary that he hasn't even gotten yet. He can take all the time he wants and choose the job he wants. Is he motivated to be a great coach coach again? Who knows? See, there's just, again, to me it's real simple. ASU has gone down a bunch of different paths from, like I said, Dirk Cutter was a Boise State head coach. And they hired him, and that failed. Dennis Erickson was an old guy who won a championship in Miami. That failed. Todd Graham failed. Herm Edwards failed. Man, you know what? Consider it. Consider a local guy that has ties to all of the high school coaches here. Okay? There's nobody that's going to come in. And that's part of the problem is a lot of the coaches that came in here did not have the ties to the high school no, coaches. But they, didn't, they didn't try to have them. But that's not also the only key to succeeding at ASU either. Oh, of course either. not. Of course not. You know, just because you recruit Arizona well, that's, you know, I got Southern California I got to tap into. I got Texas I got to tap into. I got, I, I, can't, I can't, you can't just say because he can recruit Arizona that that's the end all be all when it comes to being a, a head coach of, of ASU. There's a lot of talent here. I'm not saying there's not, but that's not it. That, that can't be. Can't be it, no. That can't be it. You know, that's not enough. No, enthusiasm for the job. Sure. The ability to recruit is one thing, but also how he coaches. Like, he's got these kids fired up. He's got these kids playing hard. He gave them a signature win that they they could take with them for the rest of of their lives, no matter how miserable the season is. the, the, The best way I can put it, I'm not saying no, but I'm not saying yes either. Right. I'll you know, get back I, to you. I'm not, I'll get back to you. Mm. Okay. Thanks. P- appreciate the thought. But you got time. Good consideration. Of course. Of you course. You Let's mean, see how the season ends. I listen, mean, every, a lot of, you, you're more successful when you fire a coach mid-season than you do if you wait to the end of the season. It's been proven. Like, you get a little bit of a head start. You get ahead of it right now. If you're, uh, if you're Ray Anderson, you could, you could, you could, you could reach out to Matt Rule right now and not feel like you're going behind the back of your current head coach. You could do that. Of course. You could now reach out to people without like word getting out that oh wait a second you're reaching out for a coach while you still have a coach uh, hired and so you could do that now if you and 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 if you end up with a better coach that's fine but I think Iguano again we're all emotional right now because of the win there's a bunch of games left let's see how he does with those games I think the other thing to consider too is and we have no idea how to measure this how desirable is the job when it's all said and done you know, I mean, it's a program that... That's a hard thing to determine because I don't know where they're going to end up. We don't know where they're going to end up. We don't know when how they're going to get punished. We don't know what conference they're going to be playing in in a couple of years. We don't know what the pack job. I, You know what? It's I, not a great job. I think it's a very... It's a good job. Av- I don't even know if... It's a middle-of-the-road job. They're going to pay $4 million a I, year. I, I get it, but what has ASU been in your lifetime since you've been here? Mediocre. It's never been a program. Mediocre. That, right? I, I, it's, a, it's a decent job. It's a decent job because it's a Power 5 school and a nice place to live where you should be able to recruit pretty well. But in terms of any kind of legacy other than Bruce Snyder or Frank Cush, there, there's, there's, so there, long. that doesn't exist. It's really not there. It's an okay job. And so because it's an okay job and because you got the punishments coming and because it's an uncertain future with the conference. 
if the best and the brightest don't want the gig, you know, think that, that they're better off holding up for something else, Sean Aguano might be your best option because he wants it. He wants it bad. He'll take it and gladly run with it. There's a and step see in the right direction do. for him. But now if you lose to Stanford and you you lose to Stanford in Colorado and back to back weeks, right back then to square one. Yeah, you've got to win these games now. Yep, you're gonna be you're, right you're gonna be favored to, to win those games. Yeah. When we come back on the Burns and Gambo show here on this big red Monday, the Arizona Cardinals lost yesterday. Yeah, because their kicker missed a field goal, and yeah, because their quarterback slid when he maybe should have dove for the first down. That first half offense. Now that's what we have to talk about next on Burns and Yambo.